Hey everybody, we're back. It's a goodlifebabe.com, episode one, two, three. I'll lay it on the draw. A little bit. I'll lay it on the draw. A little bit. Spencer's back, everybody. That's right. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's a goodlifebabe.com. Jeff and Joel's Tell New Orleans, episode 123. Uh, right in the dog days of summer, Jeff, coming off this weird 4th of July week. Where yeah. the fourth fell, yeah. fell in between like Everything. on a Wednesday. It was on, yeah, it was on a Wednesday. And everybody yeah. was like, what day is today? Come Friday, no one knew what day it was. It's did just, you notice that? Yeah, I did. You were yeah. on, it was Friday yeah. and you thought it was Saturday. No, no, no. Everybody, everybody was like, wait a minute. Uh, on the weekend when we went out, or, or whatever. I mean, there was a 4th of July festivities right. on the weekend before. That's right. Whenever you have one of these holidays that falls in the middle of the week, nobody can it's decide. Really like if St. Patrick's Day is on a Wednesday, yeah. you wind up with this crazy stuff where there's like half the parades on the weekend before and half of them on the weekend after. And, yeah. it, and it's always weird when you have festivities for a holiday after the holiday has happened. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, and, I, and, and, and I don't do it. I refuse. Everybody was, well... I mean, that's why I'm doing my birthday party Saturday. The entire—that's <laughs> allowed. Spencer's in New Orleans, birthday, by the way. Yeah, next Spencer, Monday coming up, ladies and gentlemen. How how old are you going to be, man? I'll be 27. 27 yeah, right. years old. So you're right on that fine line between millennial and whatever that other generation. No, I'm a straight on millennial. No, he's straight a millennial. Yeah. You have to be like 24. No, that's that mired point. in the. Yeah, you you're like no, I'm just straight on. You're in the middle of the millennials. Yeah, yeah. definitely. No, it yeah. ended probably like I think you got to be like 22 they say to be 95, 96 is the cutoff. Say. I think you're right. You can, it's like, can you remember to 9/11? That's like the cutoff. Can you actually remember 9/11 happening? It's the cutoff. Sure. And I think generation. If you can't remember, then Generation X different. was like, do you know where you were during the Detroit basket brawl? The Ron Artest melee. Let me ask you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was like of my. Course, you got to bring that, it back to that. Well, that, that was right, my I generation. I think more like if you can remember Contra than JFK. your Gen X. If you can remember Iran Contra. Oh, for sure. That's a good one. That man. is a yeah. good one. If we're gonna if you're gonna tie one. it into big national events, that's, that's a good one. one. Yeah. yeah. If you can remember the first shuttle explosion. Oh, dude! Your Gen was, X. When you watch that yeah. in school. Yeah. Yep. Like yeah, they just, that's, that's right. all you I did. remember seeing clips yeah. of it. Yeah. I don't remember it. I, well, I wasn't every, born. No, you weren't born when that happened. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, everything stopped. Everything that, stopped. Everything in the country stopped. That's I sold, what I remember. I sold candy at school, and it was a good day for me. Because no one went from class to class. Everyone was just kind of, the teachers weren't paying attention. I like how you sad. contextualize a national tragedy through your... Uh, I made your, some good your money. capitalistic I made, triumphs. I made some good money. <laughs> you made some good money. All the kids came One to me because the, <laughs> the teachers were like distracted. Yeah, they weren't gonna like be high. They weren't gonna like discipline us on a day like. Well, that. I was in like an English class with the guy who was the head of the drama department, right? So you can imagine, nice. like, who it was the most dramatic thing that you can possibly imagine, right? Right. This guy, his name was Mr. Guajardo, nice. right? Guajardo, right? Exactly. Yeah. And uh, and he stopped and he was like, "Children, kids, we have to stop everything." Close your. Yeah. Close your scripts. And then no, and then he went and he got one of those TVs that you wheeled around on yeah, those yeah. carts, you know. Yeah. And he's like, "We have to turn on the news right now. There's a national tragedy." And he turned it on, and everybody was like, "Oh my god!" And he's in his Space mind, in some way, up. he's probably thinking like, "This is a defining moment for him. How he handles the situation." Well, there was a lot of. There was a lot of brouhaha 
even then the 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 shuttle launches had become somewhat regularized you know what i mean sure but the reason why that one was such a big one was because sally ride was on board ah. and she was the first the teacher huh she was a teacher so she was i think the first civilian and it happened to be a woman that qualified to be the person that went on it so it was like it was a big event from all these different angles and everybody was paying attention to it like and there was this whole campaign called ride sally ride you know and it was like it was a big that's fucking a song, deal Jeff, man. That's that's a, well i know no but that no you're wrong it happened the other way around Anyway, no, I know. <laughs> Spencer, everybody. Spencer's back. So look, uh, we had two guests lined up for tonight's episode for uh, We Call Use to talk about the World Cup in Wimbledon. And the first one's texting us now. Our wait, wait, wait. Hold on. We missed a, a whole thing, yeah. man. We didn't do our dog out of the week, Well, I'm gonna, I was going to... Oh, you're segway, leading up to it right now? I'm segueing. Oh, have I been a long segue. Have I been gone that long? We're doing the dog out again? I'm saying, I'm saying that... Put the echo on, Jeff. Put the echo wait, on. Wait, 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 okay, go for I'm, it. Go for it. Dog out of the week. So we're going to do a little dog out of the week, and I want to do a little homie rant of the week, but I'm going to do it, and then have you guys chime in. And this time that we have where Jaime, our buddy in New York, that was going to talk to us about soccer and uh, football... Yeah. And, uh, and Wimbledon. I appreciate it's that our, our our show's producer calls out to me to put the echo on instead nice. of the other way around. Yeah, well, exactly. I don't yeah. have the soundboard. <laughs> <Jimmy. laughs> I didn't, we I didn't take the liner notes. You do all the sound mix. By episode 200. So, uh, <laughs> I'm not the engineer. I'm not the sound engineer, Jeff. I know. I am the sound engineer on this show, ladies dog, and gentlemen. Dog out of the week, folks. Um, dog out of the week. Folks, look, man. Can we just stop referring to podcasts as new media? Jeff, it's just media, dude. It's just media. It's been Spencer, around for like five, six, like... It's been around for like 10 years. Did they... Okay, so in, in 1903, were they like radio's new radio? You listen to that new radio? How about that new TV? How about that new TV? They didn't call it new TV. They didn't call it new TV. They didn't call it new media. It was yeah. just television. Yeah, I don't we know, don't know, they called it home that. theater, though. We don't have to Look, and we, we, go, we, go, we go out of our they way. They could have called TV home theater. We, we do go out of our way, at least I do, sure, to, to, to refer to what we do as episodes, as a series, as a show. Because whoever came up with the name podcast, it's not, you know, whatever. We don't have, that is what we do. That is the format that, that we loosely are in. We could call them but, castisodes. But the dog out of the week isn't. But the cast is those. But the uh, it's already catching on. I, I like that. Um, but the that's not who we're dogging out. Who came up with podcasts? We're we're dogging out uh, a local media company, the Gambit, which has been bought by the Advocate, right? So the Gambit, 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 the Gambit's the Alt Weekly. I like that high pitch on the with the echo effect. The Gambit. The, the Gambit. Um, sucks my balls. Now the Gambit's a great alternative weekly here in New Orleans. Um, you know, of course, they've they're I think traditionally they've they've been a very good paper in this town, and I think the same way in a lot of ways about the Advocate. Whereas I kind of think the Times Picayune is sort of a piece of trash, um, but they have a readers poll. Where it's best of New Orleans, so it's best of everything. It's shopping, dining, grocers, media, and guess what was not included in the media best of New Orleans poll, Jeff? Podcast, specifically ours. No, just as a category, podcasts were not included, so you couldn't vote. Yeah, there's no podcast. 
so you couldn't vote for your favorite fucking podcast. Well, I mean, that's up to us to change. Meanwhile, we need to get we've in touch got over 5,000 subscribers, and we had one of their editors on our show, man. Yeah, I know, but I mean, you know, they're they're sitting around going like, oh, you know, the I don't know what they're thinking. The world doesn't change or something like that. Are they I mean, just, it's probably some intern that's just rebooting it from four years ago. I think it is. Because they know? don't really have money to pay people. Well, they're not, they're, they're not thinking they're about like, media. what do we need to add to the list? You right. Know? And I think that that probably comes as a result of people feeding back to them. So we should probably get in touch with them and just say, and let yo. them know, like, yo, and we should do it with Offbeat as yeah. well. Like next year, you let might them know. Consider. It's like, why don't you consider a podcast, man? And you, then, know, you have all this other stuff. There's a you're... bunch of podcasts in this town. Right? Yeah, totally. You know, totally. and we could right. use the exposure. So and we could definitely out. use the exposure. But as a as a positive segue, we always, folks, we always like to hear from people who listen to the podcast, and it, it's like. It really, uh, you know, this is a whatever, Jeff. I'm not. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it's. I don't know. I don't want to call it a labor of love. It's fun. I like to do it. It's like free therapy. I've mentioned that before. Um, but it's something that we do every single freaking week. You know, we have yeah. to book it. Oh my yes. We're not yes. getting paid. Whatever. Not yet. It's a good time. That's right. Um, I love the format. I love the guests that we have on. Um, but it's really nice to hear from folks. And I got this email. Can I just read a couple lines from this email? Yeah, go ahead. This is an email that we got this morning that is from... Every now and again, people write to us. Folks. It says, Jeff and Joel. And I guess this seems like we're patting ourselves on the back. But it's just it feels really good to get this kind of email. I've been on a road trip for the past few weeks and catching up on your podcast. It's been great. As one who recently returned to NOLA... Even my semi-annual visits could not prepare me for the many changes I've been discovering from when I called the city home in the 1990s. Your conversations and cultural observations are helping me be less confused as I re-meet re my old city and introducing me to new things to love about NOLA. Congratulations for putting together such a great series. I look forward to sharing your podcast with friends. Oh, great. It's sweet. Well, Thank that's what you, you want to hear from somebody, man. That, that's that's like, what you want to hear. It's such a nice... It's such a nice email. It's I so, emailed her back. And it's so, said, oh, good. I was Thank like, that's you. That's so kind. Yeah. It's like, yeah. that's so kind. And you have no idea how much Jeff and I Could have used your name drop myself, but... Very <laughs> nice, Amy. Very nice of you. True. We'll I've been to, gone. I've been gone we'll a lot. Tell, we'll, tell, we'll tell her that. But that was really sweet. And and we do talk about oh, She was like, P.S., I hope Spencer's okay. Yeah, exactly. And the P.S. <laughs> post, post. Girl. We haven't heard from him I, in I a hope while. Spencer's uh, roommate's okay. Right. <laughs> oh, no. He's probably dead. <laughs> so that's nice. That's our dog out of the week. But I think, we, I think you're right, Jeff. We should just be proactive. I'll definitely reach out to the, the Gambit and the Offbeat and just friendly reminder, hey, we're out here. And hear the type of guests that we've, you know, if, if you go back and look at the offbeat covers from the last 24 months, say, I bet six of them have been on our, on our podcast, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's not like we're, you know, we're getting, I mean, whatever. We get, we get, we get good, it's, it doesn't even matter what I was about to say. I was we just do say, bad we, all we by get, ourselves. We get, we get good guests and we're doing, we are, we are booking guests at the same level as people who are money to interest. In, in and around uh, the city that have done way more uh, quote-unquote infrastructural framework around uh, the idea of podcasting. You know, but look, let's face it, man. Like, podcasting is one of these arenas that is 
increasingly dominated by and has been infiltrated by from its earliest days by people who come out of radio and that they're already we, we've talked about this a lot you know that 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 you know every NPR thing or every news media outlet has some quote unquote podcasting uh, alternative that you can stream live either through a browser or by subscribing to it on iTunes it is not in the vein of what we've come to define as what a podcast is right. and and I want to stick to that not as like some kind of you know, early traditionalist in terms of what it is, but but to fight against the idea of this format being open and free in the way that it is, uh, devolving into this kind of radio style format. Because even some of the ones that I've li- that I like, I see it over time. Like do it, there's a devolution that happens. Uh, yeah, and like and and they probably think of it as an evolution. But yeah. to me, it's a de- they're devolving. You, you don't want to get away from this, from what we've got going sure. on here. You know, even if we get sponsors, whatever the case may be, we want to integrate it in a way that monetize without compromise. Yeah, we, yeah, we monetize we will still without accept compromise. Sponsors. Shout out. Yeah, exactly. Shout out AP. We AP. still accept sponsors. Monetize without compromise. Okay. That's what we're talking about doing. So we we did lose our first. We call you guess, but we're about to dial up our second. We call you guess, Patty, also in the Northeast. Um, but I do have a quick rant of the week. And Wait, I'm, what happened I'm, to Jamie? He just his, his phone. Window. His phone is not. Oh, working. his phone's not working. His okay. phone. His microphone. That's on a damn shame, man. Because we wanted to talk about World Cup. We're gonna do that with with Patty. God, we were gonna do it. with both of them, but now we're gonna talk about World Cup. We're gonna talk he about can't Wimbledon grab tennis. somebody else's phone, man. Like, I've now, been watching. Now he's at his co-op job. He had a window from of thirty minutes in his time, and he's at the co-op place where he goes once a week and does a shift so he can be part of the oh, I see. grocery co-op. Oh. That way he can buy groceries. I was, groceries I was on really the cheap. gonna have fun with him talking about that as well, but uh, okay, all right. He said his phone got busted initially at Jazz Fest, so he's blaming it on New Orleans. Well, that's what most people it's like. Do. It's so been a while. Phone has been broken for three months. That's right. Um, and huh. then, uh, huh. so it's kind of like you're. Right. I hope he's listening. But look, a little quick rant of the week is look. Spencer's we've been re- we've been we've been Spencer Soback. I love it. He's coming in hot. Um, I've been speak, drinking. Speaking of a hot take, uh, dude, I feel bad because we have little homie. Uh, Ivan Solomon comes on most Mondays for a rant of the week. Oh, yeah. The last three or so weeks, we've had our guests request rescheduling, and we're going to have, we're still going to have those guests, and we have some really good guests coming up, folks, in the next couple of weeks, including one that we're dropping this week after this episode, the next episode. So stay tuned for that. Um, but we keep having to rescheduling, little homie, and he's not available the rest of the weeks of the night. Yeah. And so, but I got a little rant of the week in his spirit. Okay, go ahead. Because I just saw the headline and it just like really pissed. Look in this Trump filled world where everything is like Trump is like turning the elitist. This is even in the rant, but where he gets to turn like the elitist thing that was a GOP thing against the liberals forever, that they're the elite and now he's owning that. Like we're actually the elite. Like in this topsy turvy world where everyone's so dumb, they don't understand how to think for themselves or where the messages are coming from. They're just fucking cattle. The fucking president of the Philippines gets on our corner, Jeff. And I say our corner, and I will put words in your mouth. That guy's never in my corner. I don't like that guy. He's never in my corner. He's he's trying to take our corner. Because the one thing that I thought we had in this crazy fucked up world, Jeff DeVille, my good friend, is our atheism 
Oh. I just always felt that if you're atheist, you actually hold the moral higher ground because you're not something we've talked about endlessly into social conversation and also on this podcast that your moral compass doesn't come from some promise of the afterlife or some wrath of God. Your moral compass comes from within and to do the right fucking thing. And now this fucking dictator, fucking scumbag, murderer is taking up the atheist corner. Usually atrocities of war and dictators have been fueled by religion. And I've always felt comfortable with that. Fuck you, religion, and your dictators and your murderers. I'm an atheist. I'm better than you. And now this fucker comes along and tries to take my atheism. Well, of course, you have Stalin thrown in there. Is he an atheist? Well? Yeah, yeah. I mean, damn, that's... The whole communist thing yeah. is pretty... Boy, that yeah, branch yeah, of the week just right. fizzled. <laughs> but I wonder how that's going over in his country. Like, it probably... also is a little too coherent to be a rant. Because it is you a know, Catholic. It's a little too coherent for a rant. Here's it's the thing. When you, when you have these stupid country. fucking strongmen and their dumbass fucking supporters who are uh, categorically morons, I'm not one of those people who apologizes for that fucking shit anymore. I don't sit around here going like, oh, uh, you're wrong about Donald Trump's uh, supporters. They're actually good people. No, you're not. You're no, not you're a good not. person if you support Donald you're Trump. You're a racist. That's it. You're, you're a racist just not. and you're a misogynist. You have to answer for doing that. And that's all there is to it. Just like the fucking Nazis in Germany, that's where we are. I, from a, I'm not even Agreed. being hyperbolic. Or, I at agree this point. with you completely. From an ideological standpoint, the United States of America is where Germany was like... What? 1936. 1934. I'm not saying 1934. We're not 40 that's, that's right. That's right. That's where we are. And right Michael now. Moore is saying the same thing as a pundit nationally, and he's getting fucking trashed for it. It's like, no, that's no. What's this is happening. what happens. This is what happens. It's like it's like you talked about. It's a process. Well, you also see the Republicans the like you know garnering and, for the, Trump but, to win a fucking Pulitzer but this Prize is my point. for peace because oh yes. North Korea, know, which know, is it's crazy. not happening. North Korea is not denuclearized. Dude, I don't mean shit. to. Talk, I don't need to uh, walk on your rant. All right, because no, now I'm, I'm ranting. No, I'm, right? it was supposed to be a mutual rant. Okay, your rant was kind of. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about these fucking strong arms. Ease back into the these insecure fucking small dick, uh, small hand motherfuckers who come forward and they're like so-called strong men, right? They're weak men, is what they are. They're just weak and insecure human beings. And the problem with the guy, like, (laughs) with 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 the followers of Trump, is this: Imagine in the Philip the Philippines is filled with Catholicism. That's right. So you would think that a guy coming forward and saying, I'm an atheist in a heavily Catholic country, would create a lot of problems. No. What happens when people follow these people is that they have an instantaneous response to anybody who, to anything that person says, which allows them to set aside their own personal, their stated personal beliefs, and never, ever acknowledge the hypocrisy that's what's happening of following right. whatever this person says. They will do and, and follow and rationalize anything that Trump says. If Trump says, all you people out there tomorrow need to wake up at 5.30 in the morning, shit on your front lawn in front of your fucking neighbors, and, and light it each, on fire. each neighbor has to eat the other neighbor's shit ah, in raw. front of each other raw. Right. And, I don't know. And I smile think and people. take a photo and put it on Twitter on the Donald Trump feed. You're, doing it. You know, and that, you know what they would do? They thing, would do it. 500,000. 500,000 people would factor. fucking do it. 
They would do it. Which is why we need to, like, I, I think that could be the factor. We needed to start a coalition to get Trump to ask everyone to eat their neighbor's shit. And maybe then, maybe then that'll pull the wool from everyone's eyes. I don't think it would. This is what I want to do. That's this is what I want to do. Okay, okay, okay. Think I, this, this is a challenge to the it's a good life babe.com. I know a lot of Republicans. Jeff and Joel's Tales from New Orleans uh, readers out there. But they jump on our Twitter feed. I mean, they do already. Jump on but. our Twitter feed. We're going to start a hashtag tonight and we're going to see if we can get it going. Uh, the most degrading thing that you can think of that a Trump supporter would do. Okay? Just think of the most degrading thing that Are we you really can think do of. This on Twitter? Yeah, we're gonna do it on man, Twitter. We have made so many promises on this podcast. I know, but we're gonna do this one. Activity. Okay, we're gonna we're, we're gonna have to think up a hashtag. It's gonna be like the most degra- hashtag the most degrading thing for Trump. Trump gradation or something. Yeah, yeah. Trump. The most degrading thing for Trump. Trump tarting. What 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 low what <laughs> what is what's the bar? For for finally saying that's something I'm not gonna do. Trump tart it. What is it? What is it? I don't know. Apparently they'll let him grab him by the pussy. So yeah, if if Trump just like if Trump bashed Ivanka's face in on live TV and just like a punching bag and was like and was like uh, you know I'm just allowed to do that guys and you have to follow it. What would happen? I think, like, I think they would all do. I would think that it wouldn't matter. I think he'd be fine. If he was going to yeah. grab every like daughter's vagina in the country. I, he'd be fine. Oh, he'd definitely he'd be, be fine. fine with that. Yeah. Everybody, everyone, oh, he'd be fine with that. No, so Lord knows. The no, man I think, loves grabbing vagina. I think all of his so followers would be fine with it. Yeah, they fine. would be fine. I mean, they still voted for him after he said it. So. Yeah. I don't think that they care about anything. I think they're willing to do almost anything to degrade and debase themselves so do I. in the name of uh, following this movement. I think they might taste a bit of shit. I think they. I would think they would eat the whole thing. I think they would. You'd give them one of those little Baskin-Robbins little spoons, and they'd be like, no, nah, just bring in the big spoon. I'd bring think in they'd the just hungry helper spoon. bury themselves face deep in it, man. they just go head first. Yeah, head first. They'd in, just put their hands it. behind their back. Yeah, totally. Yep. Don't even give me a napkin. Yep. Hashtag PSA, November 6th, everyone. <laughs> Midterm elections. Make sure you go vote. Yeah, yeah, just get out there and vote. Look, Fucking vote or I will murder you. Look, <laughs> that's the thing. That's what's going going on now. Uh, John Oliver said something like that on the, last week's uh, uh, episode. It was it was really great. He was like, if you're still... If t- we get 90% turnout t- and Trump still wins, okay, fuck me. I'm wrong, okay? Yeah. But if we get 90% more turnout, there's no fucking way this guy wins. God almighty. Okay, so what else we got, Joel? We're uh, going to call Patty we're now? We're going to call him right now. I just got a text, speaking of audio quality, from Jeff, Big Jeff Landry, friend of the pod. Oh, yeah. What's going on well, with Jeff Landry? Saying, he's like, crazy about Reverend Goat. Do you know why the podcast sounded all sped up? Oh, uh, we might have fast forwarded it by like 0.25 seconds. Yeah, he probably just did that. He probably just hit his own little story. Yeah, but that's not us. Yeah, no, That's no. him. That's not on us. We, we listen to it. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. This is the kind of stuff we know we how fast we folks talk. keep the keep the technical feedback happening because every now not not every now and again I would say every fourth to sixth episode there is some kind of like technical glitchy shit that happens either on the audio recording front or you know or or on when we're posting it because of some change or update to iTunes sure. or who knows where it is in the food chain but. You know, if you're having difficulty listening to it, just you know, hop on and, and let us know. We'd like and, to get and, feedback and, from you guys. Totally. And we're about to call Patty. Let me like, let me text him. But to, to, we really do want to say thanks for listening. Thanks for the feedback. And um, good, bad, otherwise. And listen, Jeff, one of the things I want to point out is that uh, iTunes for podcasting is no longer. 
It's called Apple Podcast. It's just a different app. It has nothing to do with iTunes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you, you download the podcast. So you app no longer find us on iTunes. You find us on the Apple Podcast app, or this is the tagline, or any or whatever app you listen to your podcast on. About forty four percent of our listeners go through the Apple Podcast app. By the way, uh, other ones go through Stitcher, Google Play, all that. You so have to go to the Apple. So wherever you listen to podcast, wherever app. you listen yeah. to your podcast, got it, got it. Um, but we're, I think, I think what you're doing, what we're currently doing, which is doing the link to the Apple Podcast, is still the move because it's still nearly half of all listens are coming from from that. That, yeah, yeah. But I think we always want to say, click here or wherever you listen to your podcast, or apps. wherever you listen to your podcast. We're on right. SoundCloud right, right, right. too, guys. Because now it's right. like NBC. Yeah, we are. We're on it's, SoundCloud. It's, it's kind of like we're right. on NBC, CBS. It's like we're on all the broadcast. SoundCloud is big. That's big. Yeah. Oh yeah, we did get on SoundCloud. Yeah, for our listeners. That's right. That's right. I haven't been able to get us on Spotify yet. Brought um, to you by viewers like you. Yeah. <laughs> so let me. So Jeff, I'm gonna text Patty real quick, and uh, and folks, we hate dead air, but um, Spencer's getting a beer, no, and. Um, and that's how it is. And that's how it is. Well, give us some information about Patty, man. Tell us. Thank because you. I'm good. Patty. Uh, Patty is a longtime New Orleanian, originally from New Jersey. Uh, he's part of that, like, in and out of that uptown Oak Street gang from back in the day. Um, and he left New Orleans to take care of an ailing parent maybe three or four years ago. He's actually... Uh, he is actually his job right now is he's doing boxing training for Parkinson's, Parkinson's patients. Right. Um, but he has lots of thoughts on the World Cup as he was texting me earlier today about those thoughts. And we all know, you know, I mean, if there's a photo of a person next to the word strident in the dictionary, you know, Patty's photo's going to be a contender for being there. You know he's a strident dude. He's highly opinionated. Well, give him a call, and 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 we're gonna uh, we're gonna talk to Patty, folks. Patty is a friend of the podcast. He's just Patty's never been on the Patty. He's never been on the podcast before. I'm sorry, I had your mic down there, Spencer. <laughs> it's okay. Patty's a guy. Here's good the thing. to know. We yeah, did yeah. line up. We do have a rule that we don't. It's like Patty, P A D D Y. Yeah, it's Patrick. Um, I'll spell that better in the liners then. Let me try and tell a Patty story while we wait for him to text back because we do have our new rule that we do not call you. Unless, I mean, he's confirmed that he was standing by earlier. Yeah. But I just texted him. We only call people if they're standing by. Because we got to know some shit, folks. We did. Uh, also, if you go back well, through our earlier episodes, there were let's a couple talk. where we called people in no answer. Well, yeah. And, and Jeff and I had a miscue several episodes back when our producer wasn't here, Spencer. Oh, shit. And it was man. just a miscommunication between me and Jeff. Jeff thought I had these guests lined up because I said I was trying to line them up. Well, we had texted and then, back and forth, right. and it... And it it just came over to me in between all the whatever else is happening during well, the day. Well, this is why I need to that be we, here. That, that those guests were actually lined up, and it didn't register with me that I, I think only one maybe was standing by or something like that. And, uh, and we made an attempted phone call, and then there was a kind of a, a joke, which was completely harmless and which was uh, contextualized by Joel uh, <laughs> to, to erase any perceived harm that could come out of it prior to telling the joke 
And then we made the phone call and left a message. Spencer's, and, like, Spencer's like, don't right? tell jokes. And we, we, we left a message. And in that message, you, you said the joking offhanded remark. And the message was the only thing that they received oh the God, next day. So Joel. It is Joel. It's super Joel. That is super Joel. I, I agree it that that's super Joel. Joel. Yeah. But but anyway, just Ooh, I might, that's my next Halloween. Just costume. so that <laughs> Super Joel. Super Joel. Super Joel Osborne. We, <laughs> Dave Osborne's kid. Uh, but but just to let people know, if we call you we're gonna we're gonna let you know beforehand. We're gonna ask you to make time available, uh, and we'll ask you for a window of time. And if you agree to do it, that's the only time we'll have you on. But but just for the record, to set the record straight, Joel and I talked about it afterward. Okay, and it was not because the recipients of the joke were angered as they were by the content of the joke. It was because we didn't give the people who we were calling. Uh, the the courtesy call beforehand to let them know professionally that we were calling to put them on the podcast. And we felt ethically that that wasn't the responsible thing to do. And so therefore, we did make an edit to one of our recent podcasts, which we never do. Just to be on the same page, though. Okay, go ahead. We are now forever and always letting people know they are on the pod when we call them. Yes, Yes. that's right. I know there have been shady times in the past where... Yeah, we did not tell people they were on the podcast. No, one a couple. Yeah, of like them. when we called the Adam Carolla show, and they were like, "It sounds like you guys are podcasting right now," and that was the end of that. That was kind of fun, though. But that, that, that was a, that was the end of that. Yeah, but still a great story. That was still a great. That was the end. No, we of did it with my mom, and that was great. That was that was cool because your mom was was great. Moms, we did it with moms. I have no problem with us. Not letting know beforehand. Family members might be an exception. That's the only exception. But I think that's maybe the only exception. But it's also you have to know they're going to answer. And as soon as well, that's the reason why. That's the main reason why. Right. Because my mom you, will you, always mom, answer. Right. That's the thing. My mom. My mom will always answer too. Mm-hmm. I give her shit about it all the time. Um, I even. Today. Or she'll text me and say, "Fuck off! I can't talk right now." Does she do it's that? It's one of the two. That's nice. Does she really? No, no, she doesn't talk that way. Um, she she's a sweet lady. Cause I mean, she might be like my age, so she might have a mouth like that. No, no, no. Well, that's good. No. That she's a sweet. She's lady. also older than you. My mom's sweet too. She, she every single, I'm like, mom, why are you picking up the phone when you're sitting down for dinner, or you're at the restaurant eating dinner, or any, or you are in the middle of a nap? She's like, because something. Well, might that's be, because you cause called. Something might be wrong. She says. Well, if it wasn't you I'm calling, like, I you wouldn't gonna, have I'm like, Mom, what are you going to do about it? Like, if uh, I'm dead... She's just being a mom. She's just being a mom. Yeah. Which is sweet. Of course. But I do gently like suggest to her to like let the shit go to voicemail from time to time. <laughs> My mom won't let anything go to voicemail. My dad sometimes does, but he'll usually answer and like find a reason to just hang up on you. Like I went to the <laughs> hospital one time, and my friends called, and they're like, Hey, Bob... Spencer broke his elbow and goes, okay, is he dying? Nope. Click. <laughs> that's a that's a Texas dad right eh, there. Eh. Kind of, isn't it? Well, Isn't that the frontier well, way? Well, he's the one who isn't from Texas is the thing. Oh, where is he from? He was born in Chicago and grew up in Long I knew Island. It. I knew he's it. He's a Long Island guy, really. I knew it. I knew he's it. He's a New Yorker, so that's like more a of a New Yorker thing. Midwesterner by way of New York. There you go. Yeah. He's like, whatever. He's not dying. Who cares? That's fine. I, I You'll have, be all right. 
I had worse ailments as a child, you <laughs> son of a bitch. What's going on here, man? Is there some kind of like major negotiation happening with Patty, no. man? Is Spencer, is he available galaxy? or not? What's what's happening, man? I just want to call him, but we have all right. We got to move on. Can we, we just call him? I mean, because he agreed earlier for this time frame. Just call him. Just call him. All right. All right. We're breaking our right. rule, kind of. I know, kind of, sort of, but sort he agreed. Of. He agreed. He agreed earlier. We just stated the rule. That All right, we're trying to call. We just hate the dead airtime. That's the problem. That's what I was trying to make the call. That and we have no backbone. What do you what? <laughs> that we, we just said we're not going <laughs> to call people who didn't. No, he knows. The... He knows. I'm confused as shit now. Oh, it, maybe this will work. Patty. Patty. Hi, Patty. Can you hear us, buddy? Yeah, I'm here. Cool, man. We got you on the podcast. Uh, This is Joel, of course. We got your good buddy, Jeff DeVille, here. What's going on, Patty? Oh, what's going on there, buddy? Um, You guys watching the cup today? Yeah. Real quick uh, for introductions, we got producer Spencer here as well. Hi, Patty. Hey, what's up, man? So, yeah, World Cup, man. One of the reasons we want to have you on was to talk a little World Cup, a little Wimbledon, because um, the you know handful of texts that we've exchanged over the summer have been about your thoughts on tennis um, as well as the World Cup. What do you think? I know you were pulling for France today, so you must be pretty happy. Well, you know, my inclination is to pull for France. I mean, you know, obviously France and America. I mean, what greater love affair is there between two countries? So I've always been pulling for France. I remember years ago when they had that whole renaming French fries garbage and idiots pouring out their French wine. And my mom wanted to go to the protest in New York City that was marching down to Washington Square. Um, and she insisted when we were walking through the garden on our way to join the march, the anti-war um, protesting, um, the anti-war protest for like desert freedom or whatever the hell it was. And uh, she insisted on getting a French flag to put on her um, lapel because she was so upset about all these nut bars who were um, dogging on France because France wouldn't support had a, at the time France wouldn't support our idiotic notion of going into Iraq and uh, thinking it was a good idea. Yeah, they were not so part of it. they were not part of the coalition of the willing. Very, they, uh, they, very and, well uh, thought you know, out. Mid- and was on like sixty minutes saying, you know, if my friend's making a mistake, it's not my job to say, you know, I support you. It's my job to say you're making a mistake. So anyway, so there was a lot of anti-French uh, sentiment back then, and yeah. so my mom wore her lapel and we marched in the in the um, in the protest, and like lunatics were screaming at like my mother, the nice nicest lady in the world, like you crazy, you know, such and such, and just like attacking her because she had a little French flag on, and um, so you know for that reason alone, and I, you know I know my mom was be supporting those. Um, French line bastards against those Belgian line bastards. Patty, there may have been a, a little cottage industry happening during that time that you just described, where carpenters carpenters were making a lot of money installing freedom doors to replace your French doors. You remember this? That was like a thing. Freedom doors. 
and uh, and the fries um, and, the, and freedom the freedom fries. fries. That's how dumb we were post nine eleven. Yeah, that's when people feel I'm happier. Um, so uh, anyway, so I um, and I love the French team and you know the second youngest team and at the cup. And it's just full of excitement. They run the ball down your throat. And for so many reasons, I really like that um, that French team. And, you know, you want to, you know, usually want to root to the underdog and see them, you know. Belgium well, I think, yeah, I am going for Croatia. Croats from the goats. I think, uh, I think France was probably the underdog today. I mean, Belgium was a high-rated team, I think. Uh, Belgium. Belgium, Belgium, was, Belgium was one of the top three teams coming in with yeah. Germany. And, right. That's Brazil. right. That's right. Right. Yep. And, they, and they look. They and look, now the top three are out. They kind of looked like the better team for much of the day. They just didn't get the, they just didn't get it in the net. Well. If a crook like David Stern was involved, you know the fix would be in to make sure it was France-England in the World Cup final. That's right. So uh, who knows what forces are at play. But I certainly like the Croatian team. And, uh, I'm and, going for and, Croatia, and too. What? I'm going for Croatia, too. He has to hear you. Oh, yeah, you know, and, and I and I like the Russian team. And I was so happy for them after their big win with their goalie. You know, a guy set himself up with three jinks for life in Russia. I was liking all that stuff. You know, I liked it for everybody except, you know, for every Russian except for Vladimir Putin, basically. I was happy for Russia. I was happy to see them uh, doing what they were doing. Um, I guess, I guess but, they know, forgot like, the plutonium poison, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, you, and, but then again, you know, you love to see the Croats stick it to uh, Mother Russia. Yeah, that's, that's right. Know. Totally. The that's former right. Yugoslavia. Um, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, England, obviously, they're not, like, perennial um, champs. It's been a long time. You know, I saw Gordon Ramsay today talking about how, you know, it's the first time that England's been in the semifinal since the year of his birth, 1966. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, they're very starved, and you like to see them uh, do something. And, they're very, and they also, but, Patty, are a very young team, like the French. Yeah, you know, and then, you know, of course, uh, 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 France was instrumental in uh, winning the American Revolution, and then we told them to go suck an egg when uh, when their uh, people came calling for their revolution. Um, you know, so, you know, there's all kinds of reasons. And obviously, French culture and American culture are so intertwined, and there is been a great love affair that. for France now. Huh? Spencer's rooting for France. You got me France. rooting for France now. I was really going for the Croats. No, I just, I just, I was just like thinking about it. I was getting butterflies before today's game. I go to eat at this diner where there's a, um, the Greek guy who cooks there. And, and, um, and, you know, we're always talking. And obviously there's no Greece and no USA in the cup. So I was rooting for Mexico to be, you know, just when the cup began. Because, I was in that same know, boat. Huh? Yeah, uh, we agree. Mexico was oh, who we were going for. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, Mexico is really our closest neighbor, you know. I mean, um, non-Caucasian people in America, I mean, and Mexicans must outnumber any other nation, I think. I don't see how they could, sure. you know, for non-Caucasian people in America. There's a lot of Mexicans here. They're everywhere. You know what would have been and, fun? And uh, I think Mexicans, and I, uh, I would love to see Mexico do things they never did. A Mexico-Russia final would have been uh, disruptive. Yeah, it's just... Well, you know, 
Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's good for the World Cup that it's, if it was, you know, like I said, if David Stern was involved, you know the fix would be in. And, the, and, and, uh, and, and they would want it to match up to be, you know, the old rival uh, of France England, you know? Um, but, um, you know, that's going to put more... You know, I heard some talk that some Mexican guy was also at the diner today with, like, he was getting in the conversation talking about how people were complaining that there was all these ads on TV during the soccer games um, aimed towards Mexicans and not enough towards people. And, and I'm like, well, what the hell do you want? It's like, tell them moon, though. How many Mexicans are watching? Like, how many Mexicans are there watching to sell stuff to as opposed to Ecuadorians or, or sure. Panamanians or whatever? No, of course they're going to do that. You know, I mean, the money matters. Yeah, totally. You know, so it's um, it's pointless being upset about about. It's just uh, it's Jeff here. It's pointless being upset about that kind of stuff. That's just more that meathead kind of stuff that you're talking about. You know, I mean, we're a nation of immigrants. Period. That's it. And uh, all these people that are upset about it, you know, are basically uh, human beings. If if you took their attitude right now, they'd be spitting in their own grandmother and grandfather's face. That's oh, you know. That's the way um, they. That's the way um, they're behaving right now. Um. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, you know. I, I, you know. There's. Um, there's. Uh, you know. Everywhere you go, there's there's good people, and you know, and and not so good, or just downright crappy people of, of every race. You know, you find out there. You know. Um, there's, 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 there's good and bad people amongst us all. So, um, you know, obviously the the, the, um, the angry ones are the squeakier wheels, and we hear more of that. But I don't think I think that's just uh, I don't think that's you know the general case. I just think that's the way these people make it look. You know, like there's a bunch of haters out there. I don't really feel it's, uh, that that's the case. But enough about all that World Cup stuff. So tomorrow is obviously a huge game. Today was a huge game. I haven't had crazy butterflies like that for a game for a long time. But, you know, that's the monster rivalry. I mean, obviously, the Belgian and the French hate each other. You know, mostly because <laughs> the Belgians um, hate the French for looking down their noses. And, and the French hate the Belgians because they don't understand why those Mongols are so upset about them looking down their nose at them. <laughs> so, um, you know, it goes deep. It goes deep, and then there's the French fry thing. Should be really Belgian fries. You know, who knows? That shit runs deep. Anyway, so um, I don't think as many Belgians killed themselves as Japanese people did um, after that loss. I mean, that was horrifying. I mean, we must have lost a bunch of them. Dude. Poor bastard. <laughs> that was one of the saddest things I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> so uh, that's too well, bad. Well, well, know, well, judging by the way that like, they cleaned out the locker room, I think that the Japanese take losing better than maybe any other team in the, oh, <laughs> in the entire World Cup. Well, because they, they, they look like they're taking it well, but they just resigned themselves to the end. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and so, you know, so they're, they're at peace. Well, they're very quiet about that shit. They don't make any fuss. <laughs> that's it. I know. So, uh, I know that's too people. bad. <laughs> that was a rough, rough, rough loss. It sure and, was. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, that was a sad time. I was, like, heartbroken. I, I didn't know what to do. I was like, I, I you know, because, I mean, not that I wasn't, I, I do feel a certain affinity towards the, 
the Japanese people for the horrible things we did to them. And I think they're a great people and, you know, obviously a smaller nation and they, you know, um, um, you know, uh, respectively of all the other World Cup nations to see where they were and what chance they had and they were up on the mighty Red Devils. And uh, and just to see this focus, it was, it, was, it, was, it was heartbreaking. I mean, I laid off myself as far as... But Patty, simultaneously, it was an it was a beautiful goal. It was set up like perfectly and executed oh, no. with absolute hey, precision. No. Absolutely, I mean the first goal for Belgium. It was like, man, JC's really looking down on these guys. Like their last goal in the previous game was sort of like was off of the the other player, right? And the guy barely got the foot off that big goal, but. But the first goal in that game, it looked like, man, they're really, JC is really looking down on these guys. And then, you know, the rest of the game was just JC, Jesus Christ. You know, other goals, they, just, they just got it done. They were looking beautiful. You know, nothing you could do. Um, but, you know, um, anyway, it's over for them now. They just sort of have to, uh, you know, butter and chocolate flying off the shelves. Uh, in Belgium, as <laughs> people try to uh, make themselves feel better, uh, you know, uh, butter and chocolate and bread. What about and, weed? You know, is is weed know. is weed legal over there yet? Oh yeah, I'm oh. sure it is, huh? And weed is weed legal in Belgium? Oh, is weed? Uh, weed, marijuana. Because there's nothing like a chocolate buttery piece of fudge with some weed in it. Well, that's how Belgians, you know, that little boy, obviously, and uh, Willy Wonka should have been a Belgian. <laughs> but more buttery and chocolatey over there in Belgium. Exactly. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, they, they, you know, they just have to, you know, fall back on those things. They'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. Um, the, psych- no, the psychedelics, the chocolate, the butter. Hey, the um, French team's awesome. They got a bunch of awesome guys on there. They got their young... Kaylee-looking star, Mbappe, or whatever the hell, however you heck you say his name, you know, that uh, that forward who was pulling all those tricks and stuff and getting ahead of guys. And uh, mm-hmm. But really, my hero of the game, because I played um, defense and sweeper, you know, back when I played soccer, my hero of the game was uh, Pogba. He was just, uh, Pogba. you know, clocking yeah. up the middle on all of those Belgian crosses and getting his head on all of them or no, sure. The, I thought the French were under attack most of the match, or three quarters no, of the man, match. No, I, I was online trying to get myself a Pogba shirt in time for the game Sunday. Ah. As soon as I could get one, it was like a week. Go get some. Uh, um, go go to the craft store and get some uh, spray paint and stencils. Yeah, I'm gonna go get make my get myself the stencil made. Okay. <laughs> exactly. All of my shirts. Hey, let me ask you this, um, Patty. I think I know the answer to this. Yeah. But what what are your thoughts about the uh, the Wimbledon's men's finals potentially and quite likely uh, overlapping with the World Cup finals? Well, um, you know, I I love um, I love tennis. There's a few things I love more. It's a great sport. You know, the, to see it playing played well is really a privilege. You know, it's a lot of fun. Um, but I've been thinking a lot about you know this kind of fair state of tennis right now. I mean, there's like a when she's on top of her game, mostly on the men's side. I mean, when Serena's on top of her game, it's kind of a gulf between like when she's not there, it's like anybody could win. You know, that, that's right. Take sure. down. 
And it's the same thing in men's tennis right now. It's like Federer and Nadal, who are kind of shadows of themselves. And in Del, some Del, ways. Del Potro. They're like, and... so way up there on top okay. of it. It's like a huge drop off since Novak, you know, just disappeared off the map. And he's been kind of making a comeback now. And I saw the four quarterfinals are matches involving those three guys. That's right. That, that's that's going to be a, that's going to be a fun quarterfinals. And we got John American John Eisner in there, or, right? No, and I see our lone that, hope. Uh, we, yeah, we do. Six and when I see nine. that um, I see that I guess Nadal has the tough, maybe the tough match against Del Potro. That's so right. Then, like, it was ranked fifth. He wouldn't be much higher ranked if he was consistent, but sometimes he could just. You know, take a crap out there and just get floored by you know with himself. I wouldn't. Be, I wouldn't be surprised if Del if Del Potro doesn't win this thing. I wouldn't be surprised. No, he goes nuts sometimes. He's like well, Stanislav Wawrinka. You know, it's like at some point, sometimes he looks unbeatable. You know, I mean, right. Del Potro is a different game. You know, he's so big and when he bonds, and it's really hard to beat. Um, but anyway, still now with those two guys and, you know, Andy Murray with the hell he's getting his pecs operated on or whatever the hell he's doing. And, uh, and, and so Djokovic is kind of coming back. He, he's not as poor as he was over the last year and a half or so. But it kind of shines a light when you see how, you know, um, Novak kind of fell off the mountain. And it kind of goes to show like how... And I shine the light on how great, you know, better and the dollar are guys who can be there. How hard it is. Yeah. Because Joko looked like. Yeah, agreed. Sorry to cut you off, but yeah, Joko was on that arc to maybe surpass those guys in titles. And I agree with you, Patty. It it goes to show just how hard it is to sustain that level of play. But somehow, Joko pushed his body too hard. It's like some combination of, like, not strong enough to take the, the punishment or, you know, like, trying to remain fit, but he didn't bulk up. But not bulking up makes you lighter on your feet. It's easier on your joints. But somehow, you know, he was toppled, you know, and it's hard. And, you know, these things to maintain these rankings and tennis is so tough. It's not say a ton of matches. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, keep your rankings up but I am uh, I am excited about tennis I'm so I think it's weird to see that Federer well not weird that Federer he is better on grass but Federer's up two in the world is ranked one at Wimbledon with the opposite for Nadal you know so I like that they're on opposite sides of the draw sure so they right yeah other in the final you know I was hating when Roger was like it was like one and Roger was three and he was sure. always on the left side of the draw and you never had you know He'd like either the doll would get knocked out um, before he got to him, or he'd have to face the doll. You know, right. which is tough. Totally. And the doll is young, you know, significantly, you know. And, well, uh, Nadal, Nadal uh, just seems healthy still, you know, and I'm, rolling right now. I still love watching tennis, but I don't know why there's not why tennis is especially like it, you know. The fact that there's nobody around at the top goes to show you like how rare these guys that we've just had like a glutton of them for the past, you know, bunch of years. We had so many tennis greats to watch. And it goes to show you there's a ton, there's more people playing tennis now than there ever have been. But there's just, there's not, you know, these Federers, they don't come along, you know, even once a generation necessarily, you know? Sure. You know, you can have generations go by with that guy for that caliber. Yeah, you would think um, that, you would you would think that at the age of a bunch of these guys that are going into the semifinals right now, that uh-huh. 
that you would have at least a 19-year-old or a 20-year-old no, in there. But this reminds you know? this reminds because that's me. the way yeah. you. I'm not to get on like the the get off my lawn. I'm getting old kind of thing. But it's the truth to say that there was another up and coming generation that always challenged guys that were older. Not always, but but it does beg the question: like, where's our Boris Becker? In that that era that's right. when 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 McEnroe, Connors, uh, Stefan, uh, Ed, whatever his name was, uh, Edberg, Edberg, uh, Bjorn. Uh, all those guys were. Uh, that kind of reminds me of this Wimbledon. There's four guys, well, in, including Del Potro, who were all guys, Yeah, but by the time those guys were Federer and the doll ages, they had Federer's and the dolls coming up, picking their. No, that's, that's, what, what, I'm that's what I'm saying. Like, right. where, where's the yeah. Boris? Where Becker? are they? Because they, because Boris ba- Becker came on the scene and started kicking some ass like at 19. Yeah, yeah. Like, why isn't there an? There should be some hotshot 19-year-old kid who's, like, you know, kicking ass on the 35-year-olds. No, I, I, I love John Borg. Like, I used to watch tons of little kids. My parents went to tennis. I was so into him. But, that, you know, McEnroe was kind of a loud asshole. And, but he did beat Borg's ass and make him cry and go home and disappear for 20 years. I mean, it was unbelievable. That HBO doc was pretty good. It's lucky that these guys don't have guys feeding them their lunch now. You know, all the guys that were up and coming that could have been there, it's just so hard. It goes to show you, like, all these monsters and, uh, you know, uh, and, 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 uh, and, and guys like Del Poncho and guys like that. It could have been great if they could have, like, been more consistent and not lost their cool, like the Andy Murray. He's up there whining and bitching all the time. You know, and you know he, you know, eventually managed to win uh, a major. But you know, where's he now? I mean, he'll, he'll make a comeback. But it's hard, man. It's hard to top that sport. You know? Plus, plus you see, down. plus Patty, you see those guys like a Murray and and Roddick, who marry the models. Yeah. No, but it's that's just all of these. And then you see, and then you see, you know, you, that's always the problem with professional athletes. It's like. You know, it's like if you play Madison Square Garden or something, it's like you walk out of Madison Square Garden, you got millions of dollars, and you're like, there's like endless reasons to be a fuck up, excuse my language, and not, am I not the person on the podcast? Whereas Federer married a woman who isn't like well, conventionally hot. She's beautiful, but yeah. she's not conventionally hot. She's not like a model. You know what I'm saying? And that's the reason that's, why. That's, do you remember the Curb Your no, Enthusiasm it's, it's thing? Where, you're, like, you know, um, the inventor dated a. I think this theory you know, is um, weak. Well, uh, well, you know, when you got your rich and you know, all kinds of people doing shit around you for you all the time, it's hard not to become, you know, lazy and not, you know, you gotta have a, a, a you know, fire inside you, you know, to keep going even though you've gotten everything you want, you know? Yeah. Except for weakness. You know, hey. it's like take something to keep pushing through that it's like once you get as comfortable as you possibly can be you continue to be hungry and get them fight for it this is like not a lot of people like that yeah so, that's that's kind of the the roberto duran story in a way you know the no mass story the the run-up to no mass you know yeah made a gazillion dollars off of the first fight blowing it on you know booze and women got a little bloated got a little bloated 
Right, exactly. And he didn't really care so much about winning. Well, they the fight. forced the fight on him too. That was exactly. another thing, you know. But and then Sugar Ray kind of fucked with his head. And Sugar Ray fucked with his head. It was a confluence yeah. of. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But hey, speaking of boxing, good segue, Jeff. Um, we only have a few minutes left here, Patty, because um, we got to you uh-huh. in the second half of our show. Um, can you? Well, I want to get to a couple quick things. Um, you're, are you still doing the boxing training with uh, Parkinson's patients? Is that something that you're doing? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Rocksteady Boxing. What is it? Rocksteady? Rocksteady Boxing. Nice, that's dude. And uh, are, are, are all your... Rocksteadyboxing.org, you know, that's where the, the okay. main website, where you can find all the affiliates if people were interested in finding one in their area. Rocksteadyboxing.org. Is this around the country, or is this something localized where you're at? Rocksteadyboxing.org is the website of the, 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 the you know the first gym that was started in Indiana, and they French they franchise out, and they have Rocksteady boxes that have sprung up all over the country because there's tons of need. There's tons of people with Parkinson's everywhere you go, and um, and I'm sure one must have opened up in New Orleans and Indiana by now. We have to no, look into I'm that. Sure all the major cities. I mean, they have like 500 of them. And then so, what, what? What do you so do? What do you do, like, Pat, Patty, in that endeavor? I coach. I coach. You know, when when my mom got my mom got uh, you know found that she had a Parkinsonism, which there's a number of things which they call Parkinsonisms, and they're kind of like their symptoms are like those of Parkinson's, but the people generally don't benefit as much from the carbidopa, levodopa, which is the main drug they use to um, be like L-dopa, the main drug that they use to That's treat right. Parkinson's. Right. Mm-hmm. And it, even though it doesn't really work much or at all for some of those people with a Parkinsonism, it's kind of like they throw their hands in the air and just give it to them anyway because they don't know what the hell else to do. So she has Parkinsonism and it's getting worse. And we saw this 60 Minutes with Leslie Stahl and her husband going to Rock City Boxing in Indiana, the headquarters, and all the benefits he got from it. And uh, and, and so the, 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 the story uh, about the gym and everything, and it came to me, not like it was, a, you know, some kind of miraculous medicine that was hard to understand. It was like to a man and a woman, everybody seemed to get something from it, some more, some less, but... Everybody seemed to benefit. It's like nobody was like, yeah, I've been trying, it doesn't work. I mean, even though if you interview a person like that, I probably doesn't make the interview. <laughs> but so it seemed like they, you know, people were having great benefits for, for it. So this was a couple of years ago at least, and, and I was like, Mom, should I see if I could find one? Because at that point, my mom couldn't get around, she couldn't get out of bed. And so I tried to see if there's one that maybe I could pick up some stuff we could use for you here. And she said, yeah, so I um, I found an affiliate near me. And at that point, the nearest one was like 40, 35 minutes away from me in central, like north of me in central Jersey. And so I called up and I said, I'd like to work for you or volunteer or something, but come learn what you're doing there. So I started volunteering three days a week. Like, so there was three classes a day. And, um, and I did that for about 10, 11 months, and I just loved it. I loved being around the fighters, and, you know, it gives you tremendously, you know, a, a great perspective to have, you know, makes your problems that you get crazy about um, not seem like, but it makes you understand how small your problems really are and how people with real problems deal with them. And it's just like uplifting and how I love to go out there and help them with it. So I kind of fell in love with it. 
and my coach at the same time wanted me to open up a rock study of my own. And, and you know, she said, you know, she was training and everything. And so I did that. And then one of my fighters there was trying to get the rec center and Brandy Beach to, open, to get a rock study boxing going there. And he asked me if I'd come coach. And so I've been coaching there for about 18 months. Nice. And so, like, I'm the coach, you know. So I got all the equipment because our budget was very slim. And, uh, and I have classes three days a week, two classes a day. The earlier class is like an hour and a half for people who are generally more fit and less of a fall risk. And the later class is an hour long for people who are more of a fall risk and maybe not as fit. Sure. So easier on them in the class. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we do a lot of fitness training. I don't do any heavy weights. But I do a lot of stuff with smaller weights, you know, try to build up a little shoulder strength, get them to keep their punches up and stuff. And it's very hard to get them to pay attention. So some in some kinds, so we do um, some cognitive stuff to start out. You know, we throw the ball around, maybe go around the alphabet and name. Oh, that's and good. Start, yep. Something like that. And then we get into a stretch. And then we start running around, get our heart rate going. And then we usually... Um, mixing some sort of either upper body, core, or leg work, or um, and then um, some, try to finish with some boxing, some speed bag, heavy bag. Nice, God, that sounds great. Nice work, dude. Um, it's a good time, and of course, you know, I, you know, it's fun to box on your own too. You know, sure. Um, but uh, you know, they get injured a lot. We missed a lot of classes. Um, and uh, mostly not in class, almost exclusively they're like walking their dog and, you know, they tell and smack their head on a brick or something like that. It's like, I mean, really endlessly, like things like that, you know. And so, um, you know, and they soldier through, you know, and it certainly makes it um, harder for you to allow yourself to bitch about um, your little problems, you know, and get yourself. You know, kind of, uh, it's uh, you know helps in a lot of ways to get your mind right about what real problems are. Yeah, you're right. They feel better about your own life. Yeah, man. Well, that's I tell good. them that you know that I selfishly get that from it, and I thank them for that. <laughs> I bet. Absolutely. No, I bet that makes total um, sense. Well, and like, I call them like kids and my youngsters and stuff because it really is like they like being, you know, I treat them like much teenagers, and they love that. They oh, love of course that. they do. Yeah. Well, look, Patty, man, we're running out of time here, man. We definitely uh, appreciate you jumping on. And nice work with that. And uh, everyone go to the website, check it out, um, and see if uh, there's anything happening in your community on that you might want to be involved well, in. Yeah, you know, I just want to say one last thing. It's kind of a sad time now because it's like been the world of the last month, and it's like endless excitement about World Cup matches, and I was talking to the Greek guy who works the, the stove, and you know, him too. He was like, Yeah, me too. But kind of sad that it's like coming to an end. So, you know, live it up. Uh, 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 you people, you poor bastards from Belgium, enjoy the toilet bowl. <laughs> um, and um, and uh, what more can I say? Thanks for the call, guys. Yeah, you're right. Hey, Patty, we're going to have you on again sometime soon, man, because I got a couple questions we didn't get to tonight, uh, just about some general uh, summer life tips that Wheeler wanted me to ask you. But we'll do that next time. Okay, Anything. buddy? All right. Anything for you, boys. Do you want to find Jeff? Oh, it was a Thanks pleasure. All right, Patty. Take care, man. All right, All right. Have a great night. All right, folks. Thanks for tuning in uh, to episode 123. Um, we've got a great guest 
coming up, which may in fact air before this one does, just based on a technical difficulty. Who knows? So we sometimes reverse the order. Yeah, we'll of see. Posts. Yeah, but yeah. Um, it's going to be a good episode. Yeah. We're gearing up for it now. Uh, but thanks for tuning in, folks. Thanks for reaching out to us. Hit us up on uh, it's a good life babe at gmail.com or on our Facebook page or the Twitter account, Good Life Babe. And I would love hearing from you. Yeah, you're yeah, right. You right.